These little figures are quite wonderful, the, the, the sleeping Christ children. I want in particular to call your attention to the smaller figure in his tunic. The posture and the pose of this sleeping Christ child clearly relates to something we know from Buddhist art, which is the Buddha sleeping under the, the, the Bodhi tree. And it's a wonderful example of, again, two different traditions melding. The craftsperson who made this work knew how to represent Buddha. And so you take that and you Christianize it. And it's a wonderful way to remind us about how art can travel across cultures, across faiths, and across traditions. Um, just an extraordinary, extraordinary object. This case is truly a magical one. In, in, this is my favorite art. moment in the entire This is hilarious. I mean, all these it. naked little boys. <laughs> <laughs> No, I just think it makes it people look at it with many different points of view. Uh, just, just imagine for an instant that you are a upper middle class family in Madrid and you'd like to have a Christ at the Column for your home uh, chapel. So you would probably either take a page out of a book of Flemish engravings of the works of Rubens and all the great uh, Flemish painters of the time. Give it to an agent who would take it to Seville, who would then put it on the next ship out to Havana. And Havana would go to another ship that would go to Veracruz. We'd cross Mexico on mule to uh, Acapulco. And then it would catch the next Acapulco galleon. And for 250 years, Every year, at least one, frequently two or three, always at least one ship went from Acapulco to Manila. Every year for 250 years. That's as old as our country is. In Manila, it would be probably put up for bid. Workshops of ethnic Chinese who lived in Manila would bid on it. Someone would win. They would do the piece. And then, probably six months or so later, it would be put on the next Manila Galleon back. It would go again back to Acapulco, across Mexico by mule, Veracruz to Havana, Havana to Seville. And then about four and a half years later, the 17th century equivalent of the FedEx man would knock at your door and say, Mrs. Rodriguez, please sign here. Here's your baby Jesus. Or, if you were a family of Pereira living in Lisboa, you would do something similar, except that the drawing would go to Lisbon, then to Rio, around the Cape of Good Hope, across the Indian Ocean to Goa. The same process would be done by ethnic Indian artists. We'd come back the same way, and again, four and a half years or so later, arrive at your doorstep in Coimbra, wherever you live. And, and so this trade was immense. And the interchange of ideas and figures. And then, well, Spanish and Portuguese didn't talk quite a bit. Those crafty Jesuits were out there. Yeah. <laughs> the crafty Jesuits were going back and forth all the time. So there was a great deal of cross-fertilization through the back door. So it's, it's often very difficult to determine today whether something is Indo-Portuguese 
or Hispano-Filipino. Some objects are very obvious, but some of them are, are hard to tell. So anyway, just, I, I, I'm sorry to no, 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 digress. <laughs> I just love him and want to play Because, of course, the ivory comes from Africa. I yes. mean, that's the, the piece that, that Dick didn't really mention, that there is this incredible global trade that's established, but it really touches every continent of the, of the world. And that these figures are here today that we can look at and enjoy is this testament to, I mean, human ingenuity, for one thing. I and mean, we, I always like to say, well, we have email, but there's not much else <laughs> that they were missing. Yeah. And that's about the only thing. We can do it quicker, but they did it just as well. So I also want to say I love the little bed because yeah. when I was a graduate student and living in New York, and I made, I paid my rent every month by giving gallery talks at the Met because they paid really well. And uh, I mean, you did three one hour tours and they gave you 75 bucks and that kind of, that was my, wow. my shoe budget. <laughs> but there was a wonderful repo uh, de uh, Jesus there, or bed of Jesus. And I love it, you know, because we all talk about the manger as being where Jesus was lying. But Artisans' fancy and patrons' fancy quickly turned the manger into something quite extraordinary. And I, I think this one is a fantastic one and so deluxe and so rich. And, um, and then the little baby with his jewel diaper. I just, I, to me, I just love that. So. It's like glamping. Yeah, yeah glamping, you right. Move, you move from camping to glamping. Yeah. Um, while we're in this gallery, just to think about this wall for a second. You can actually see, I talked a minute ago about that sort of ongoing interesting story that the condition of these objects tell, and you can see it work in, in progress, which is that conservation is, is happening. It's not complete yet because we, we force the viewers to let us take the work away for the exhibition. But you can see that what's being revealed here in conservation is entirely different composition. Um, so here we have the earthly trinity, uh, the holy family, but at one point in time, there was a person.